All right, before I start the show, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, you might remember that I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, about how his company has helped thousands of people understand their bodies better through metabolism tracking. Well, MetPro just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and tailored strategy that their experts use. So you can start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to best. Now, my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up, so head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to learn more. Welcome to the Get Fit Guy's quick and dirty tips to slim down and shape up. My name is Brock Armstrong, I'm the Get Fit Guy, and we're going to dive into the world of wearables, smartwatches, fitness bands, movement trackers, or whatever you want to call them, to find out how much or how little you can actually rely on them. Now, cool devices like the Apple Watch, Fitbit, and the nearly ubiquitous Garmin Forerunners, at least at my local running group anyway, well, they aim to track your biometrics like heart rate and calories burned, along with various other fun variables like pace, vertical oscillation, and elevation. There are even a few that try to predict your recovery time, your race paces, and even your VO2 max, which would be pretty interesting, especially given the vomit-inducingness of a real VO2 max test, if they can be trusted. And that's a big if. When I got on board with these devices back in 2009, they weren't all that accurate. Even the cardiologists who studied wearables at Stanford University went as far as to say that they thought of them a little bit like random number generators. They really didn't seem to be providing anything that was even close to your actual heart rate. The folks at Stanford have recently tested several newer fitness bands, and now they say those heart rate stats have gotten much, much better. For most of the devices, the error rate was less than 5%, which is considered medical grade and good enough for your doctor. Where all the devices fell apart was in estimating the calories burned when they were compared to the gold standard lab measurements of energy expenditure. The reason for the discrepancy could be that we all burn energy at different rates, and that's hard to guess from simple parameters like weight and height, which is generally the only thing that we tell these devices when we first buy them. I mean, if I just go out and watch the runners in my neighborhood, some are incredibly efficient and look simply elegant when they run. Watch a video of triathlete Marinda Carfrey for an example of this while others look labored and awkward and even look like they're burning a lot more calories to cover that same amount of distance. Watch a video of me for an example of this. At Stanford University, they did an evaluation of seven devices using a group of 60 volunteers. Now, they evaluated the Apple Watch, the Basis Peak, Fitbit Surge, Microsoft Band, Mio Alpha 2, Pulse On, and the Samsung Gear S2. The 60 volunteers were made up of 31 women and 29 men who wore the seven devices while walking or running on treadmills or using stationary bikes. Each volunteer's heart rate was also measured with a medical-grade electrocardiograph, or ECG. Then, their metabolic rate was estimated with an instrument for measuring the oxygen and the carbon dioxide in their breath, which is a pretty good proxy for metabolism and energy expenditure. 
Once they had that data, the results from the wearable devices were compared to the measurements from the two medical instruments. In the end, they concluded, not at all shockingly, that some of the devices were more accurate than the others. They also concluded that factors such as skin color and body mass index, or BMI, definitely affected the measurements. And I don't know about you, but I have never had any device ask me about my skin tone. Have you? The biggest takeaway from this study at Stanford was that none of the seven devices measured energy expenditure accurately at all. Even the most accurate device was off by an average of 27%, and the least accurate was off by 93%. I mean, that's basically me throwing darts at some graph paper that I stapled to the wall, and I am not a good dart player. The researchers said the manufacturers may or may not test the accuracy of these devices thoroughly, and it's hard for consumers to know how accurate such information is or the process that the manufacturers used in testing these devices. The heart rate measurements performed far better than expected based on previous versions of the devices, but again, what was truly surprising was just how crappy the energy expenditure measures were. So the take-home message appears to be that a user can pretty much rely on a fitness tracker's heart rate measurements, but basing the number of donuts you can eat on how many calories your watch says that you burned is not really a great idea, any way you dip it. Before I go on, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, all about metabolism. And his company, MetPro, continues to help thousands of people transform their bodies by hacking their metabolism through concierge coaching. Now, I spent a couple of months actually using MetPro a while ago, and it was a really cool experience, I have to say. MetPro is doing some really interesting and innovative work to help you better understand your body so you can get the results you want. And MetPro actually just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and the tailored strategy that their experts are using. And you know what? It's not a food logging tool or a workout app for that matter. The MetPro app actually allows you to start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to using science. And my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up if you head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to take advantage of this opportunity. That's metpro.co slash getfitguy for up to one month for free. Okay, let's dig back in. Back in May 2016, a reporter for The Big Crunch did a fun experiment. <laughs> well, fun for us nerds, that is. He wore 10 different trackers all at once and took them through their fitness paces. He did this in a response to people actually suing Fitbit, saying that their devices didn't track the data accurately enough. Well, the reporter went to an electronics store and purchased a bunch of devices like a Fitbit, a Garmin, Polar, Misfit, Jawbone, and Withings. He also borrowed another Fitbit and two Apple Watches from some, I would say, very trusting friends. He then ran the devices through three specific tests, step counting, heart rate measurement, and total distance traveled. Now, he was the first to admit that this wouldn't qualify as a scientific study, but he still tried to be more thorough than, well, most of us would be. I have to give him that. If it had been me, I likely would have given up the minute the clerk at the Best Buy showed me the bill. 
The results were, as he put it, depending on your perspective, either quite variable or pretty close, whatever that means. So let's look at his first test, step counting. He did two different tests for step counting. In the first, he wore all the devices for a couple of hours, doing a variety of tasks. And in the end, the step totals varied widely by more than 20%. And, well, that's pretty significant when you consider that most people often have a goal of getting to 10,000 steps per day. With the chance of a 20% inaccuracy rate, well, one device might show 10,000 steps while another shows around 8,000. And, well, that's not cool, man. Not cool at all. In the second test, he counted 500 steps out loud, and I can't help but picture someone following a treasure map when I envision that. And in this test, he still saw inaccuracies ranging between 446 and 513 steps. The most accurate device apparently was the Fitbit Charger HR, which actually showed 505 steps. Interestingly, another Fitbit, a cheaper version, showed only 486 steps. So you get what you pay for, even within the same company. Now the second test he did was heart rate measurement. To test the heart rate, he pedaled on a stationary bike to get his heart rate up to a consistent 140 beats per minute. He measured this by actually putting his hand on his carotid artery and taking his pulse, you know, old school like. Now, he did this test two days in a row, again, being more scientific than, well, I would have been. The different heart rate monitors all appeared to have their own issues. Some needed time to catch up, even though his heart rate was already rocking at 140 beats per minute, and other devices would flip around between a low heart rate, like 90, and a reading actually closer to what he got from his manual count, like 130. As was expected at the time, the heart rate tracking was the least reliable of these three tests that he did. The closest devices were the two Apple Watches. Both of them read 137 and 134 beats per minute, which is pretty darn close to the manually counted number. Now the third test that he did was total distance traveled. Now to test the distance, he got on a treadmill and walked half a mile, which doesn't seem like much, but even such a minimal distance was enough to show some big deviations in the data. What's kind of cool is that since he was wearing all the watches at the same time, he could actually see the distance totals diverge right in front of his eyes. The more he walked, the more the watches showed their inaccuracies. In the end, the Withings Pulse O2 apparently nearly matched what the treadmill said, though I would say that the treadmill itself was likely wildly inaccurate. Ones in public gyms often are. And if that's the case, then who knows which device was actually right. In the end, what I take away from all this is that maybe the best thing to do is to simply use these devices for relative comparisons. You need to commit to using one device and stick to it. The direction of the trend is more important than the number itself. Now, just like a daily weigh-in on your bathroom scale, the number that you see each day is not as important as the overall trend is. Now, I don't know about you, but when I weigh myself, I use the same scale that I've had for about seven years. I get out of bed, I go to the bathroom, I empty my bladder, and before I have my coffee or my breakfast, I strip down to my birthday suit and I get on the scale. 
I aim to be as consistent as possible, and I don't concern myself with the actual pounds, kilos, or percentages, but rather I wait until the data is uploaded to my fancy charting software to see which way I'm heading. To further illustrate this, I recently had two different DEXA scans done, and both times, both technicians at the labs said that they had never in all their years of doing these scans seen anyone with a single digit body fat percentage. While a friend of mine had a magnetic resonance imaging, an MRI done, that showed he was something close to 3% body fat. Hmm. And to drive the point home even more, even my own measurements between my Tanita electrical impedance scale and the DEXA scan showed a difference in body fat percentage of 3% within a three hour time frame. How is that possible? But even a spokesperson from Garmin said that it's about the individual's relative gain and that Garmin activity trackers are designed to help users develop healthy habits and motivate them to beat yesterday. A representative from Fitbit stood by the company's research and product testing but cautioned against putting too much stock in the exact figures. Polar pointed out that physical activity comes in many forms, each of which can provide benefits, and what's important to remember is that the reason we're tracking steps isn't just for the sake of tracking them, but ultimately because it's about achieving a better fitness result. Another company, which declined to be named, suggested that there's always going to be a variation for each statistic. For steps, some devices treat hand movements differently, so if people are waving their hands a lot during the day, well, they might get credited differently depending on the device. So I guess it kind of goes without saying, but these tests are pretty big strikes against the wearables, at least for energy burn tracking. So if you're doing your best to count every last calorie, which I honestly do not advise, Definitely don't take your wearable's word for it. Whether or not my Garmin, my Apple Watch, or my bathroom scale is truly giving me accurate data, I'm still more interested in seeing my numbers improve than I am in putting a lot of stock in whether I burned precisely 400 calories, ran exactly 3.10686 miles, or 5k, or that fat truly makes up 12.23% of my body. When I see my scale display 11%, I will celebrate, not because of the actual number itself, but because I am moving in my desired direction. Now, if you have any questions about wearables or smartwatches or anything like that, make sure to join in the conversation over at facebook.com slash getfitguy or tweet to me at twitter.com slash getfitguy or go to quickanddirtytips.com and look for this episode, episode 347. Now, my name is Brock Armstrong and I am the Get Fit Guy asking you, what are you waiting for? Go get fit. <laughs> Just don't believe everything your watch tells you.